Good day, friends. Welcome to the Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness podcast. I'm your host, Elcio Eber, transformational author, speaker, and life coach. Allow me to be a guide as you discover your higher self and your magic within. Good day, Kirti, and welcome back to Swimming the Ocean of Consciousness. I'm happy we were able to have our first episode, and I'd like to be able to use this opportunity to maybe pick up from where we left off. And speaking of the strength of women and what I was trying to bring the point last time was the purpose of women. And I do believe that women are far stronger than men. And I will give my reason for that. Yes, even in the domestic abuse of oppression, men will beat women and they will treat women unkind and unfair and that they do that because they feel they're physically superior in strength and domination. To me, I've learned over time from certain clients I've coached in dealing with mental, emotional, physical, and sexual abuse by male is as I look at it a little deeper, it's, it's almost as if the males have a hurt inside that they don't know how to deal with. And the only way they can do that is to bring it out against someone else, whether it's women or children that has to take the brunt of that Neanderthalic type of instinctive reaction that some men have. But what I've noticed is of all that women go through in these horrible things, they are unbreakable. A woman of nine months will bring birth and give life and really have to separate her pelvic and everything and reassemble. And a man just doesn't stop for a moment to realize what it takes for a woman to bring life into the world and how he's not capable of that type of action and that type of emotion and that type of strength that comes from that. And what happens and what that means, I think, at a deeper level that affects men and that they fight for this control with women is that it means... There is a closer connection to me that the female species then has with divine spirit that men become jealous of over time and try to then control and dominate the woman or break her spirit to detach that communication she naturally has with the divine. In a sense of the male then not feeling themselves, for some reason, I think man is not able to find his own purpose and has lost his own way in his own sense of communication with the divine spirit. Because that's really where it's not about libraries and it's not about kings and queens and governments and presidents to tell us how to live. It's about man being able to find a primordial source of himself to touch the communication with creation. And from that perspective, truly evolve and grow as a person that can communicate with the divine spirit. That is the process of life. That is the purpose to life we live in. And that purpose, we, we then nurture our families, we nurture our partners, we nurture our children. As I was trying to say earlier, it could be a, we could start to live that example and the next generation will have a shorter learning curve to what the future potentially can be if we can overcome these differences and these imbalances. But I really would like to let you both know that women have strength, women are powerful. And my goal and objective, and even in having these conversations with you guys, is to help women to make that eternal connection back to source and not have to depend on a man to tell them how to be a woman. And that's something that is much difficult to accept. And yet, in some ironic way, if the man is truly balanced with the spirit of creation and life, from that sense of being a good person, partner to the female. They are helping the female to learn how to be a true woman in spirit of light. And I think when a woman is at her fullness, she also true love and assistance can help the man to become better. 
And that's really what the essence of union is in the case of the father, and not a piece of paper, and not where the male owns the female or it's dominated by that sense. And too many households suffer because of that imbalance. Like you said, when the men speak harshly or are harsh to women and they don't have a voice, they don't have a right to even speak up or to have a, to challenge or questions. Yeah, and so I think that's the reality. When you say that male are probably not that connected to the spirit or the source, to the consciousness, and probably are quote-unquote jealous, I don't know how to react to it because that's not how a male would think about himself. No, because they, they go off of outdated texts or stories that once was tell them what the principles of life is. And the reality is life itself is a living energy, you know, and that's between God is a living spirit. And yeah. if it's a swell of eternal fruition of life, which means in this present moment, we, this generation, must be also to be able to tap into the primordial source and then gain the knowledge from there or gain the distribution from there. Not that we are unable to do that, but then try to use religious texts or past history to then determine what we build society off or, or what the rules should be for living. It means then there's a great detachment of the living spirit that is kept out of the equation and off of outdated stories and outdated tales. And that's why there's a disturbance because if we're connected to source, we get our inspiration from something that is truly universal. And that means male, female, the whales, the dogs, the dolphins, we're all connected to the, the waters of life and to the life itself that we have upon the earth and not being able to see the earth itself as the mother of creation and then the source of that being the light that forms that life. And we find where our place is in that life. That is an answer to the question, who are we, where are we from, and what is our purpose in life and our destination? And that, I think, where it speaks to volumes of women finding their courage and their strength and the harmony that which they have, the position to give birth, the position to nurture. As you were talking, how do you go from that technical mind and come back home to a loving family and be a family woman and expect it to switch from those perspectives so quickly? So in Hindu mythology, Lord Shiva and Goddess Parvati, his consort, there's this concept of both of them being together or intertwined or there's this visual imagery where it's a human form where half of it is goddess Parvati and half of it is uh, Lord Shiva. So what you're saying is very much in line with a lot of spiritual thinking. Unfortunately, we live in a society which is not that evolved. We can only hope it gets evolved for our children to such an extent where they feel more at ease with who they are and how they are being viewed or treated. Yes, and I think the key point there is, like you said, we lead by example. Even right. in conversations, it's a beginning stimulation for others to change their ways of thinking because we can't wait for the world around us that's living in darkness and ignorance to gain the light for us to then be able to live or have joy in a moment. And that's what's difficult is we feel obligated to not shine brighter than those around us that are not in the same level of thinking or the, in the same evolution state. And then there's that part of the old crab in the bucket type of scenario where those crabs at the bottom, when, when those crabs at the top reach the top to get out of the bucket, they pull them back down and they cut their claws right. off. It's just that way of how we can't see each other grow and figure out how we can all evolve together. And so 
we start to tear and pull each other down. And that's emotional imbalance and immaturity level that we still have to grow through. But if we are one by one brave enough to start to be, and hopefully by example, we can shed, and that's what I mean by, again, by being a lighthouse of hope, by living from truth and living from love and living from light and living from, from compassion and, and comprehension of what we are as, as beings of life, we can then hopefully be a better example. But sadly, we can't do it for many other people. And that's what's hard because life still has to go forward. And the question, how does life go forward? How does society move forward? How does families go and, and generation go from one to the other with this freedom to be and to be in harmony and not to be in confusion at home or anger and frustration? And just to make a choice. Like I say, a husband and wife has a disagreement. It's about how do we communicate and converse about that versus if it becomes an argument where there's pushing and shoving and yelling and that's a negative for the kids and that's negative for the home or we can choose to sit and let the kids see us work through things, through communication and conversation and love. Mm-hmm. And that plants a seed that they now will remember, this is how I grew up and this is how my family and my parents solved problems. This is how we spoke about things. And they then in turn bring that forward in their life and their marriage and they teach that to their kids. And that's the type of change that we can work on. The rest of it, we can't necessarily do for those that are not ready to, to feel. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Because I think when our kids get married, the closest example that they would think about when they face anything would definitely be their parents. So you get two set of parents that you can look up to. And the better example you leave behind, the better it is. That's very true. And I think that's where love and affection is important. You know, like giving your kids hugs and letting them know they're special and that they are loved and that you will walk with them, you know, and you take walks and you read books together. And it's those moments, people focus on what was the past and the failures we have and people focus on the future and what our dreams are, what we want to have and aspirations. And not many people stop and experience the now moment, what's happening. Mm -hmm right now with the inhalation and the exhalation of this breath in this moment, in this conversation that we are having. It has nothing to do with yesterday, it has nothing to do with tomorrow. It's about the magic that is happening right now. And that's the moment that if everyone else around us can stop for a moment and feel it, that's the shift, the power shift that will happen that will change things much, much faster for us. But mm-hmm. people live in sorrow, they live in complaining, everyone wants to be a victim. So the past, oh my God, this was done and this is terrible. And oh, we have to strive for this and strive for that, strive for that. But never then in the moment see where are we now? What can we do from here? Mm-hmm. Right. I totally agree. However, I feel that in our quest to be more at an individual level, when the other person brings about the fact that while you are wanting to be more, you know, this is getting affected in the family and, you know, this is not how it will work. No, and what happens there, it's about sacrifice, you see, so it shouldn't be about sacrifice. What I mean with accurate is if a woman is able to nurture and know herself and who she truly is, and let's use you for an example, an educated lady, professional moving forward, that means you have your own ideas, you have your own feelings, you have your own goals, you have your own aspirations. That shouldn't be harmful from your husband who has his own goals, his own aspirations. What happens is how do these two individuals come together to form a union and a family and not lose any part of themselves or their goals or their aspirations that they would have as an individual. 
And that sacrifice, some people say it's necessary to make those sacrifices for the family to be in existence. And some people find a way to never lose your individual perspective of who you are as an individual just because you're part of a relationship or a marriage. I've seen in Indian households, particularly since I've only seen those more, but you're saying that the latter part that you said is very, very true. And I think my friend Puri was also trying to bring that point in our conversation about adjustment for which you're using the word sacrifice. Yeah, that is, that's about it. And in sort of the need to, to nurture a family or the so-called levels of having family happiness at a particular level, so-called happiness. I don't know if it's actually happiness. It's a so-called happiness. It's a facade. Yes. And even it's more of the male deciding how the family should be happy. <laughs> you're getting me? It's, yeah, no, I, I get it. And, and I, I've experienced it. I've seen it with Indians here, you know, the ones living in, because we're close to Microsoft and I, I interact with a lot of it. But in teaching and so forth, I just sort of quietly would sit back and observe. But then you get a sense of the imbalance. I was trying to tell my girlfriend that I noticed it with Indians and Arabs, Muslim families and so forth, the history that even if a woman is educated, she's still has this lesser status in the household and the family to her husband. Yeah. That imbalance is always triggers me to why. What's so crazy about the man will never really see the beauty that she is in her intellect, her wit, her smarts. He ain't capable of seeing that because she just always is this item to him, this object that has to position and serve and be there with the kids and do this type of thing. He never really respects the honor to see who she is. And that's what I'm saying, how even maybe what she's capable of becoming just because of her own dreams, her own aspirations, that sometimes gets suffocated because of his desires and his will to see things a certain way. Yeah. I've also heard things like in olden days, the ladies were not much educated. And if the lady has studied, say, till grade five, and can read, write, that's about it. I mean, don't get your girls educated much because if the girls are educated, they would start developing wings. And if they start developing wings, they'll have their own thoughts and opinions and whatever, so on and so forth. And that will come in the way of so-called quote-unquote a happy marriage. Yeah, but, you know, that perspective is, again, it's based off of the insecurity of those men who feel it's important to take that freedom from the woman just so they can control it because they're not mature, one, they're not free, two, they're not able to see and appreciate and love what God has given to them as a gift. And that's the sad part is that throughout history, the stories are anywhere aligned and true. Then even if we look at it from a fictitious perspective of a great narrative, but then if the women, a woman was truly a gift to a man, then where has man lost his way in appreciating what the Lord has given forth and not give praise to that and not honor that and not protect and serve that and see how by being and loving and kind and a support to that gift that is the Lord has instilled, which is the female species, and then allowing and nurturing her to be all that she can be, allowing the Lord to have his own experience in the world to his creation and it's not for man to take that privilege of a woman to have this experience from her because we can have that connection that she has to the divine it's for us as males to learn what is our role what is our perspective what is our purpose and how do we have a connection to the father divine and the mother divine 
And some try right. to the earth being the mother and Christianity said the Holy Ghost or the spirit, but in essence, the consciousness, that unmanifested energy of life that travels across the universe to create our little solar system here. <laughs> and from that spectrum, we say the physical then becomes the mother, that which is created. Again, referencing that God created the female, but from nothingness came forth the life. This is from sound, which is resonant sound. And if I may then use this moment from a spiritual spectrum to just... Take that moment to bring in the resonance of my singing bowl. But that's the resonance sound. That's the mathematical equation that is the source of life. That is mm-hmm. the, the beats of our hearts. The brain reacts right. to the beats of our heart. That is the emotional self. The body is yeah. just the body, but we are something more. We respond. And that's what I said. I think women pick up on frequencies that males can't. And that's what makes men crazy. <laughs> because then they lose themselves instead of figuring out, okay, what is my tone? You know, what is my frequency? And what does that tell me of myself and what I need to be in the world? They become envious and jealous of what the woman's purposes and what her frequencies are, what she's able to pick up on. And that has been a long-term battle between males and females. And many wars have been fought for that. Many kingdoms have been built and destroyed because of that. And that's the shift we're trying to talk about. How does that change over time, slowly? Yeah, I was just reminded of the sound of Om when you hit that bowl that you have at your end. I think that's that's what's common between the philosophy that you mentioned and sort of the Hindu philosophy that that we have. The whole universe has the sound of Om. Singular resonant sound that came from the spark of the moment that creation was formed and it spawned across all of the universe. As it moves through the universe, it's constantly evolving and shifting and changing. And all that means is the frequency, the density of the frequency changes. And that's where the geometry and the mathematics of it comes in. It's about the spectrum and how we are able to translate that. And that's what consciousness is. Are we awakened enough to feel the earth? Are we awakened enough to feel the dawning of the next morning coming at 4.30 a.m. before the sun even comes up? Are we awake? Because we're connected to that source of energy that is coming into the world, as we set the sun at the night, are we setting the sun and really allowing that transition into the dream world to happen? Men are disconnected from that energy that exists. And we, we then have our cell phones and we have a job and we have our statuses and we have our monies and we have our cars and we have our homes. I mean, who are we then? That sense of what we are is lost. And that's what I meant. I'll add to that something very lopsided in households that I've seen. Whatever you just mentioned is is right. I mean, there's so much distraction out there that the men have to be involved in, right? For things to work out. But the woman then takes care of all the spirituality part of it or all the display of being religious part of it at home so that the household remains peaceful. So the burden is on the woman that while she will pray put her offerings in front of God that I just mentioned is the lopsided part of what you said. If all individuals goal is to have a connection with the Supreme power, then how can an individual, how can a woman be responsible to make that connection on behalf of the other folks in the house? Yeah. 
But you see, that's then where the concept and of matriarch and patriarch comes in, the concept of who has that authority within the household and rules from that supreme divine connection and not just from fear of a punch or fear from being yelled at or pushed down. Or, and that's where the, the imbalance is. And like you said, a lot of time that falls on the females to bring that to the children, to bring that to the home and to bring that balance. On top of that, they have the house clean. On top of that, to cook. On top of that, sometimes to go out and help to do stuff. And then the, the male takes the perspective of royalty. Like, I should be served this way. And the woman is there to make me cut my toenails and do all these things, you know? Well, they don't feel themselves equally worthy to have to be responsible, one, accountable, two, for the balance and the nurturing of their, not only the children, but the home and then the relationship. Mm-hmm. That also has to be nurtured and nourished, the same way we nurture and nourish ourselves, our relationship with our wives and the relationship with our children. There has to be that nurturing and nourishing of the family and the household. And when it looks at from that perspective, equally the male and females come into play. It doesn't mean that maybe one might not do more physical labor. It's not about what one does physically more than the other. It's about the harmony between the mind and the heart that we are bringing into the home, kind of like lighting a candle. Right, absolutely, absolutely. You know, unfortunately or fortunately, marriages, again, I'll bring it to India specifically, do not happen with the consent of females or most of the times. You'll see females being girls, being trained by their teens. They are well-trained to do all household chores, how to take care of babies so that, you know, when they get married, say by their 18, 19, they get married and they they can take care of similar things at their in-laws place. That's about it. And I'll add to that over the past couple of months, I've started teaching my maid's daughters. They are in their teens, late teens. And I have worries that they'll get married soon without being educated at all. So I just took this upon myself that I'll make a start and I'll start teaching them. It's a long way to be educated, to know how to read and write. I took it upon myself that I'll make them educated to whatever extent I can before they embark on whatever their next journey is. Meanwhile, I'm also motivating them to be educated, to ask for education, even if they get married or whatever happens, they cannot not get educated. No, and I think what you're doing is very amazing because like you said, I believe even if you can give them the fundamental foundation, which then is the ability to read, to write, they can now begin communication. Now to be able to read and they have the ability to comprehend. The Mm -hmm. comprehension is important because that's the part that's connected to consciousness. And that's the part that would help them, like you said, to continue after you to be able to navigate into any field they might want to become a secretary or to do something that they can become independent or gain new skills, even if it's skills for the household, how to be a better mother, how to be a better wife how to clean, you know, whatever it is, but they they will have the fundamental of reading, writing, and comprehending what they're reading and writing. And then hopefully with mathematics, or even the fundamental basic addition, subtraction, and division, they can begin to function within society and understand money and understand currencies. And that's a certain freedom and independence that is very necessary. But I, I know also from experience, a lot of women in India don't have the access to that. It isn't treated as if they should have access to that type of information, especially when you get into the rural areas, not so connected to Mumbai. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. 
I do stand with you on that. And I'm more than happy to, like you said, maybe even just us being able to have this conversation and you being able to share that with others will create a new sense of shift to hope and a new way of how things could and should be, not based on history, but based on where we are right now and what we can feel. And my connection and everything I do is about the transformation. How can I ignite that spark within you that is your connection to the divine and let that divine speak to you in your heart and help you to figure out how you can help your maid's daughters more and how from that work you can expand that out maybe to help others in other ways. Yeah, somewhere I read amazing things happen when women help other women. Yes. That stuck with me. There's a very special something to the sisterhood, you know, and it's about building that culture of trust amongst your own that you can move forward because it kind of comes down to the woman to then somehow set the balance for the home and also for the children, whether they're girls or they're boys. So essentially what the men, the boys will become men tomorrow is based on the love and the guidance and the the knowledge imparted by the women that run the households. So it's important for them to have that sense of self and freedom and courage and love Mm -hmm. for themselves and, and, and who they are in the world, separate from an object to a husband, subject to a society or to a lord or a queen or the president or whatever, but to have go beyond that to start to see the, the freedom of where we are as people. Because then we could dissipate those things in time and just have a society that is built on love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we don't bring the baggage of history because it's been a very harsh history. It's the same kind of, the same topic here that's hard for people to have. I was having a conversation, a previous iPod interview with Dr. Martin, and he said we sort of seem to be able to talk about the difficult things that other people are unable to talk about because of fear or because of not knowing how to have the dialogue or where to begin. But I think here in America is the same thing. Everyone's fighting for some sort of racial war or some sort of racial imbalance. You know, the, the African-Americans, the Mexicans are this, the fighting for equality here, the reparation for this. And I'm like... You can't bring two and three hundred year old arguments into the present and not look at really where we are now as evolved people, educated people, modern people trying to move forward. Let's leave the hatred and anger out of it and just focus on where we are now and how together as a union of united people, multiple cultures, how can we move forward as one people versus having to bring two, three hundred year old anger and hatred onto the forward movement. And that's hard for people to do. They don't want to let go of their reasons to be a victim. <laughs> and I think, you know, uh, to be... It's hard. It's hard for people to leave their history. Very hard. Yes. And sometimes it's the most important thing to do. Like my grandma said, she has all these, these dresses and these shoes and these clothing in her closet, but all the things she loves and that she holds on to, the physical thing that gave her status, but she was able to realize she came into the world naked and she'll leave the world naked. And so as she's here, she knows she can't take all of the things with her. So she always was consciously aware of that, you know, but people feel that they, they have to carry over feelings. They have to carry over anger, hatred. And that, they think that's what suffocates the growth of the future generation. Because what happens, sometimes directly they're intending it, but sometimes indirectly we're teaching the younger generation to have hatred. We're teaching them to be victims. We're teaching them to always come from this place of, oh, poor me, this was done to me and my people listen. Rather than saying, hey, you are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are courageous. You are intelligent. You are wonderful. You are great. You are amazing. You will do great things in the world. Instead of giving them those seeds of hope and love and shining them bright, we give them hatred. We give them anger. We give them doubt. We give them fear. We teach them to be victims. And I think that's the narrative that needs to change because when we can stop 
being a victim and then teaching our children how to be victim, we don't bring three and 400 year old history over. We start from where we are now, cleansing our heart and with forgiveness for the past, but then looking into the future and how bright that could be because the children now have a new way of looking at life. And that's what's beautiful. Yeah. It's definitely difficult for people to leave their past, difficult for people to leave their community. This is very, very prevalent in, in Indian society. They feel that if they leave, they'll get uprooted and somehow get being attached to their whatever older generations or culture, the, the history. Culture, and yeah, yeah, culture and tradition gives them an upper hand in the society. We belong to such and such clan, we belong to such and such area of the country, you know, we are far more superior and there's such a flaw that we are unable to see past or beyond. And I, I can speak from experience because I'm a Dutch national born in the Caribbean. At some point, basically about 22 years ago, I had to make a decision for my improvement, for my betterment. I knew that it wasn't going to be in the place that I was born. It just, for some reason, whatever the spirit or that light that I'm connected to, that source just kept calling me forward in a direction that was more than the sum of where I was born. And that was a difficult decision to make because what happens is you, you have this separation from, like you said, the clan or your community and your family. But what happens is you will suffocate and stay in an isolated place that they are at, like the crabs in the bucket scenario, if you're not brave enough to venture beyond. Mm-hmm. Go beyond the fringes, go beyond where your ancestors have gone. And what was revealing to me, Kirti, was the moment I realized that I was more than the sum of my birthplace. And what I mean with that is I'm more than a nationality. I'm more than a continent. I'm a spiritual being in a physical body that that is able to flow and move like water to the earth. So why then would I have the ignorance to say that I am a nationality, I am a country, and that's all that I know, and that because of that history or culture, that is all that I am. That to me is a flawed perspective of humanity because it limits us to an area. You know, the world is such a great place and we're not associating from our hearts and from our spirits with the rest of the world. Because when the moment you come from an isolated place that I am this and I am that, you now are associating yourself with just a limited view or limited cultural perspective on the world when I think we are all capable of a much grander vision or a much grander world culture to see the whole world, all of us as people together. And I think, you know, the same thing that is the freedom of having Wi-Fi and internet and all this modern technology or computer, it separates culture, it separates color and it separates race and sexes and it brings brings minds and brings hearts together. And when you have minds and hearts, you... Absolutely, absolutely. Kirti, so I think this is a perfect moment to take a pause and maybe look at a different perspective and question, but I want to thank you for joining me on this episode and we'll definitely come back and do another one. Sure, wonderful. I look forward to it, Elsio. Wonderful talking. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness podcast. It was truly a pleasure to be your guide. Please do join us next time for another eye-opening episode. Until then, please remember to thread water lightly and always be kind and loving to self. Thank you.